0: Sex, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the speculative interdimensional vehicle, Sex in Space. Its mission, to explore new points of view, to seek out fresh opinions, to boldly go where so many have gone before, and still somehow manage to totally miss the point. Subscribe to Sex in Space wherever quality podcasts are found.
1: Hi there, I'm Tim, and welcome back to Sex and Space, here continuing to explore sex across all of its infinite dimensions. I hope you're all doing great. This is episode 27, Look at Us Go. Whether you're a returning listener, or this is your first plummet down the interdimensional cosmic rabbit hole, it's bloody lovely to have you with us. Buckle up, I hope you bought snacks. If you are loving our content, there are lots of ways you can support us here at Sex and Space. Head on over to sexandspace.com forward slash shop and check out our lovely merch. Our book, The Organ Education Forgot, a little book about the clitoris, is also available at sexandspace.com forward slash book. For the shire amongst us, we have the super accessible downloadable PDF version. And for the out and proud, a fabulous print version for you or your mates. Remember, you can also show support by liking, rating and subscribing wherever you found us. There is more awesome Sex and Space content over on TikTok and Instagram. Our handle is sexandspace.com, all one word. That's Space D-O-T-C-O-M. Now let's get to our incredible interview. Little old me had the pleasure of talking all about vulvas with the lovely Joe Corral. Joe is the founder of This is a Vulva, a sex education and vulva acceptance project. Her mission is to teach people what the vulva is, it's not a vagina, and celebrate the diversity in genitalia. Did you know, because I didn't, that when people learn about vulva diversity and see photos and images of vulvas that look like their own, they start to accept their own genitals and feel happier? Who doesn't love that? joe has got a book, a website, And he's great on the socials too. So let's dive on in. So, hello Joe. Thank you very much. Welcome to Sex and Space. Now, we're going to talk about vulvas. um, But here I am, you know, an elephant in this room a little bit. um, 40-year-old guy. I'm a dad. um, Like, what business... Do I have talking uh, with you about, about vulvas, you know? But what I'd like to find out um, is obviously about you and the broader work you do, but also how it is helpful for everybody to mm. understand, you know, the the kind of work you kind of do and, and why. Um, and so, yeah, here I am ready to ask
0: uh, dark questions, yeah. no
1: doubt. Um, looking forward to it but um yeah you know I've got a I've got no, have got no a little... No that's good but you know um I feel like we're all sort of scrabbling around uh, learning all the time um and you know so yeah as a husband as a father of a daughter and all the rest of it it's uh mm-hmm. I think it's it's good good information um that's but nice. yeah let's start at the beginning with what inspired you to start this Is Volva.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I started This Is vulva in, I think it was 2016, and I'd been to a big feminist festival called um, Women of the World, which is now a festival that happens all across the world. And it awesome. happened in London in Southbank Centre. And there was um, a talk, they were talking about a book that had come out, and the book had been illustrated by a woman who drew lots of vulvas who were doing things in the book. So it was like... Volvers with top hats and dancing canes and, like, doing silly things oh, like yeah. that. And she passed out a, um annotated, colour-by-numbers vulva um, into the audience, so we all took one home. And I put it on the fridge at home, and at the time I was living with seven other people, men and women, and um, people would come up to it and just be like, what is this? Or, like, what's that bit? Or, I don't think I've got that bit there... And I realised that we were all, like, educated, feminist people in our, like, late 20s, early 30s. And yet, none of us, including the women or the people who had vulvas, none of us knew very much about our own genitalia. So yeah. I started to do something on Instagram, and it was kind of a bit of a joke to start with, kind of like trying to counteract the number of dicks on the internet by putting some vulvas out there and... um and then I just kind of kept finding out more and more things that made me realise what I was doing was actually a bit more important than that. So in the UK, there were nine-year-olds who were asking for labiaplasty on the NHS. And labiaplasty mm. is when you um, cut bits of your vulva off, essentially, to make it look, make it um, more aesthetically similar to, to other vulvas. Yeah. Um, and like at nine... I mean I grew up in the countryside but at nine I'm pretty sure I was still in the garden like making mud parties and like playing with dolls I was not thinking yeah. about what my vulva looked like or whether it looked wrong or or different um there was also a statistic that there um that going for a smear test was at a 21 year low um no sorry a nine year low um and it was because when when they ask people why do you not go for a smear test they're saying things like oh I think I look wrong or I smell bad or I'm just embarrassed about how it looks and smear tests are such an incredible invention they're so great like it's such a fantastic way of preventing cervical cancer and yeah. we're not accessing it because we're worried about what we look like so I thought okay this is, this is wrong we need to know more about the vulva um, and we being everybody at At secondary school, for our sex education, I don't know about you, um, so I'm 35 and I grew up in the UK, it sounds like you did too, and we didn't even see a vulva in in our sex ed. We got shown the internal system, so like the womb, the vagina, the ovaries. We got taught about periods and sex, but we saw diagrams of penises, but not of vulvas, and it Mm. was never called a vulva. It was only ever be called a vagina, And we don't know about our own bodies and and often people find out when they have a baby is often when a lot of women find out about their bodies and I just think that's completely unacceptable. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where it started and I just put more and more stuff on, on Instagram and did a lot of research about things. And um, I started running workshops that I call Labia Lessons, which is teaching people all about the vulva, um, but in a very fun and informal way. And it's for anybody, whether you have a vulva or not, and it's all gender inclusive. Um, And then last year, I wrote a book called This is the Vulva, and um, it's got all the information that I know about the vulva, all the information I think people need to know and crucially, it has about 50 photos of people's vulvas of different ages, of different ethnicities. Um, and I just think seeing photographs of non sexualized vulvas is so important because we just don't ever see vulvas to kind of understand how they are all so different and that but each one is totally normal. I think penises are more... They're more visible, for one. It's on the front of your body. The vulva is kind of more like under, so it's very hard to look at your own. And I just think we just don't see non-sexualised vulvas. We see vulvas in porn, which um, have not always, but have um, some of them have had labioplasty, so they all look the same. Um, Some have been hired specifically on what their vulva looks like. Um, So it's not a very representative... A sample. It's usually often skinny white women with no pubes as well, which again is a very small percentage of of the yeah. world. And and that and that's about it. And if you see medical diagrams or drawings, or if you did have it in your sex ed, it would be a diagram, and it would it would have like very small inner labia. There'd be no asymmetry. There'd be no yeah. There'd be no asymmetry. There'd be no texture. There'd be no color you just don't get to see what they look like. And, mm. and I think for straight women probably see the least amount of vulvas of everybody. Like straight men will see them and, and queer women will see them and, and queer non-binary people will see them. But as a, if you're a straight woman and you've never looked at your own, you've probably yeah. never looked at a vulva and you've got one mm. and we've all looked at all the other body parts that we have, but we haven't looked at something that's... Such a crucial part of our of our body, so um, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah um, no, it, it's, as you can um, tell, I'm
0: quite passionate <laughs> about about educating people <laughs> on it. Basically,
1: no, I think it's I think it's really good. Um, just to interrogate the the labiaplasty or this idea of yeah. um, the design of vagina um, or whatever, because it seems mm. um and i think you've uh i read your book and it seems that you've sort of de- uh, touched on the subject that they're not all uh bad um necessarily it's it's the the proliferation of them and the fact it's this the fastest growing um cosmetic surgery i don't know if it's globally or in the mm. uk or, or whatever but it is um yeah, it's globally, and I, it yeah. feels like it feels a little bit like the labiaplasty is the 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 sort of symptom of this obviously massive wider problem that no one is getting educated getting familiar or um you know dealing with you know stuff so yeah is that kind of am i right on that one there like
0: yeah it's, it's a modern yeah it's, so, it's a very um, modern thing isn't it yeah it is and, and um yeah it's definitely very modern um people have had labiaplasty for a while where it's um been not for aesthetics it's been for yeah. comfort so if you've got um quite large labia then sometimes you can find it um they can chafe when you walk or if you're cycling or if you're a runner. Um, some people have had labioplasty for those reasons. Um, I'm not yeah. here to shame anybody that's had labioplasty. If you've had it for aesthetic or non-aesthetic reasons, you know your reasons are your own. I'm, I'm not going to shame you for doing that. Mm. My, um, what I would like to do is to help people like their own vulva um, and yeah. not want to change it at all in the first place and if they choose to change it that's fine as long as you've got gone into that with all the information that you can possibly have about mm. what vulvas look like the variations they come in the fact that you know th- three quarters of vulvas will have inner labia that protrude it will sort of stick out outside of the outer labia so that you can see them mm-hmm. hanging down three quarters that's like that's almost the norm then isn't it really you know the majority of them but but that's the thing that most people find that they want to reduce the size of their inner labia because they think that that's abnormal um yeah and i want people to know it's not abnormal if you still want to change it that's entirely up to you but it's not it's not abnormal
1: Um, yeah yeah that's it
0: i've heard stories of quite a few people that have attempted to cut off their own labia with like kitchen scissors for example and <laughs> obviously that does not go well is extremely painful no. there's a lot of blood involved yeah. and and that's like that the desperation almost or like the, the the emotion behind behind that to take yeah, care right, of scissors to your own body with like no anesthetic is it is, is yeah is Outstanding, That's horrible. and and yeah. I just think the yeah the the kind of how people must feel to get to that point is is really tough, and it could be stopped. That level of feeling about that level of revulsion about our own bodies could be stopped because there's been studies I've, I've talked about them in the book where um, if you show uh, people photos of a variety of vulvas they feel better about their own vulva afterwards and feel less likely to want to have labioplasty. So like that's that's simple. That's literally just showing people photos. That's not even like any kind of big campaign. It's just, let's look at photos of vulvas and understand that, yeah, whatever yours looks like, it is not abnormal compared to other vulvas out there. It's so simple. Mm.
1: Do you think then that... That there is a concept out there, uh, probably of a of an ideal vulva, is that is that something that's kind of yeah. been fed in a in a way out there?
0: Definitely. I mean, you used the word v- "designer vagina" earlier, like that is a phrase did, that yeah. people know. Yeah, um, yeah, and and I've used it as a phrase before as well because people know what you mean, and it comes from kind of a very. Thin, white centric, hairless ideal of women in general. Like, that's Mm. what, like, the kind of, you know, the people, like, countries like America, Australia, New Zealand, Australia are very white centric. Very, and being skinny is seen as the right thing, and being very feminine, which means you're not hairy. And yeah, so the kind of designer vagina that people are hoping for is it's also you you hear the phrase tucked in a lot as well Mm. so as in like inner labia that are that sit within the outer labia and aren't seen on the outside and um, I think that was what was quite heavily featured in a lot of free porn back when free porn started so when I was a kid and using the internet that was that was what vulvas looked like in porn. They were they yeah. were skinny white women, no hair, and and like very small inner inner labia, and that's what a lot of people want to have done. There are other types of um, cosmetic surgery you can have on the vulva and the vagina. So there's something called um, it's often called the husband stitch, which is which can be done after birth or or any time where you yeah. sort of stitch up the vagina to be a bit tighter. Um, or you can take a triangle of the vagina out and pull it together so it's like a little, um, like a dart like you would have in your clothes. Um, And now there's also something called um, a labial puff. So as you get older, um, you have less estrogen in your body, and estrogen is what keeps your skin, like, plump. Um, Mm -hmm. So your outer labia can become less plump, basically. So this is kind of like, like you would have lip fillers for the lips on your face you can have lip fillers yeah. for the um, outer labia to kind of plump them up so when you get older you've still got like a plump vulva and there's also loads of creams that like a lightning creams because the hair around your uh, the skin around your vulva can often be darker um so it's about like bleaching that that skin um i've also seen things that are um like a almost like a blush to also make it slightly pinker as well if the, if the skin is a different color and i mean all of these things like who where have they come from like who like <laughs> also what really annoys me is you don't see a penis equivalent it's the same with things like Femme fresh so there's all these like yeah intimate washes for, for for vulvas you you don't need them for one they're actually they can be quite bad for you the other thing that really annoys me is you don't see like penis washes. There are no like skin tightening no. testicle creams. There's no like specific foreskin soap. Like it's it's not I mean, what's sad is that it probably will be it probably will be invented because that's capitalism. Probably. But it's it's these yeah. companies producing a problem, telling you that vulvas are dirty, inherently disgusting and smelly, selling you a product and then they also, a lot of these companies will sell things to treat thrush. And you can get thrush from using, like, scented products on your vulva. So they're mm. creating the problem, they're selling you something to fix the problem, which will give you another problem, and they're selling you something else to fix that problem. And it's genius. very frustrating. <laughs> it's, <and> it's, <laughs> yeah. it's feeding this idea. It's fine, it's bloody genius, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's feeding this idea that vulvas are inherently dirty and disgusting. And that yeah. idea in society is very much... Very much alive. Like I remember being at school, and like the that an insult was about being fishy, as in like having a fishy vagina. Like that was just something mm. that even as twelve-year-olds, thirteen-year-olds, we knew that as an insult. Like where did that come? How did we learn about about that? It doesn't make any, any
1: It doesn't sense make much to me. sense. I, it's no. I think no. Um, what I. A a part part of this which sort of fits into what you're talking about that I found interesting reading your book and then reading more about um, was discharge. And I wanted to speak to you about discharge, but then I actually had this slight realisation that the word discharge is quite kind of negative in a way. And I wondered if, like, all of those, if it's just, you know... And it's an amazing process, you know. Wow, like what an amazing, yeah. Um, you know, this self cleaning, uh, amazing part of the female body. The discharge is it yeah, kind of should it's be incredible. celebrated, but but just straight off the bat, the fact they call it discharge, I feel like it's already got like a negative yeah. connotation to it. Um, you know, if there was another yeah. name for it that was. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, people tend yeah. to have a problem with the stuff well, that comes out of our bodies, but
0: it's yeah,
1: just that word is <laughs> very charged, like negatively. But um, but I did yes. Talk yeah. about some of the stuff that you've you've done around that acceptance of that as well, normalising of of discharge. If yeah. if, we, if we're going to use that term, let's let's use it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, there is also, you could also use the term cervical mucus, but that, I don't think that sounds much better <laughs> either. No, the term mucus is just not very pleasant. <laughs> yeah, <it's not. laughs> uh, Yeah, so discharge, um, in case anybody who's listening doesn't know, um, it's produced inside your vagina by your vaginal walls and by the cervix, and it cleans your vagina. It basically, any germs that are inside your vagina, it sort of collects them up, and then squirts them out Um, and um, for the majority of people who have a vulva and a vagina discharge is a daily occurrence for some people it can be that when you stand up it can drip down your leg for some people they might have barely any it will change throughout your cycle it will change throughout um, your life so as you get older Going through the menopause, you have less discharge. So then you have a thing called vaginal dryness, which is also difficult. Mm. So then you have to put squirt moisturizer, essentially, up your, up your vagina to, to try and change that because it can be quite uncomfortable. Um, but discharge is just something that I realized nobody... Well, I wasn't the only one that realized, but I thought, oh, no one's really talking about discharge. It was something I've always had quite a lot of I guess and as a teenager I would constantly be stuffing my pants of toilet roll I would hate the idea of my friends or a partner seeing my pants at the end of the day where they're kind of depending on what the day's been like whether it's kind of dried and crusty or like wet or creamy mm. and just they just they looked dirty to me and sometimes you can get brown discharge which is where there's a bit of old blood mixed in with the discharge so that can be like the beginning or end of a period and then it kind of looks like a brown smear on your pants and you feel like you want to be like it's not poo i haven't shit myself it's just brown <laughs> discharge and it just felt like something that a lot of people yeah. didn't like talking about um and also didn't know very much about like i so basically i started talking about it i put a picture of my pants at the end of the day on instagram it was one of the most popular things i put on and then within 24 hours instagram had taken it down um and i was furious and i tried putting it up again and it got taken down again and i tried to um i went through the process of trying of like asking why but it's with instagram it's it's all very there's no people you don't speak to a person it's you fill in a form and then you they they will reject it anyway and i never found out why they said it had they said it um like went against their kind of like sexual um uh rules which is makes me think i don't think you understand what discharge is this isn't yeah. it's not it's not female ejaculate it's not male ejaculate like i don't think you realize what this is and there's also um discharge it it can you can know where you are in your period cycle with discharge and it does lots of different things so um it can either sort of clog up the cervix to stop sperm coming in, or it can be um, a different texture, which people say it's like egg whites. So if you kind of like stretch it out between your fingers, it's like egg whites. And that's when you're more fertile, like the sperm kind of use it for energy, it's easier for them to swim through, like there's all these biological reasons. Um, And in loads of like fertility books, they tell you to like, you know, try and stretch it out between your fingers and there was somebody else who had a picture of it stretched out between their fingers on instagram and that got taken down for sexual reasons too and again it's like instagram does not understand the vulva (laughs) the vagina the cervix does discharge does not understand it it thinks it's something sexual and that's not sexual that's actually health like your discharge Mm. is also a really good way of letting you know if there's anything wrong with your vagina so if you have any um infections your discharge could be frothy or green or can smell different or can be orange, like it helps you know if you've got an infection.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we don't for anything else. If we were like I don't know, had snot or or phlegm on Instagram, they wouldn't take it down. Or Probably not, or no. like a pussy wound, they wouldn't take it down. Like they're encourage of infection that, yeah. too. But it's Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um so Yes, yeah, so what I then decided to do after having not allowed my um, discharge post back up and realising from the amount of people that had seen it and had commented and had said things like, God, I feel so normal now that you've shown this, this is what my pants look like, I've always worried, I didn't know what it was, I decided to make a discharge gallery on my website because I thought, well, I won't take that down and I'm the only one that controls this website. Um And I got people to send me photos of their discharge, like of their pants um, at the end of the day and um, put them all up so that people can have a whole gallery to look through of different discharge to see whether, you know, to kind of help you understand that your discharge is normal and to see different, to see how it looks basically. So it was all healthy discharge. um, And it's just had the best response. It was probably one of the best things I've done um, in terms of like the response of making people feel good. So I even had one woman who was in her 50s had message to say that um, she's had discharge her whole life, never knew what it was, always thought there was something wrong with her but was too embarrassed to go to the doctor. And now in her 50s, having seen the discharge gallery, she realises that she's totally normal. And I just think... What one, I'm so fucking yeah. proud what an amazing thing you've done. Yeah. But two, like she's in her 50s and she's only just realized that this thing that her body's been doing every day is normal. Like that's yeah. appalling. That is such we're doing such a disservice to people by not teaching them about this. Like yeah. discharge should be taught in sex ed at school. And um, and to be fair, it might be now I don't have kids. I don't know what's really happening in sex ed at schools. I've got a vague idea but not super detailed. And it's so different from school to school as well, depending on what the teacher yeah. wants to say or or talk yeah. about. I've heard of um, a teacher who teaches sex ed, said she doesn't want to talk about the clitoris because it's too embarrassing to use the word, so she's just not going to teach it. And I thought, oh, right, great. So now bad. you've got a whole, like... Yeah classes of kids don't know about the clitoris because you're too embarrassed to say it and that's not the teacher's fault, it's because the teacher's never been taught that the clitoris is just another body part that you can just talk about the society has made it seem too too, I don't know, sexual too dirty, too disgusting, too embarrassing and I bet she didn't say this, I bet she would talk about testicles and penises with no problem but suddenly the clitoris is yeah
1: you could give those kids, know. you know, five minutes to have a good giggle about it. And uh, then then you'd probably get over exactly. it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And that, actually, that is what we did in my sex ed at school. Actually, I think it was a science lesson. We were learning about periods and we all had to just shout out the words. We had to shout out like, vagina, ovaries, penis, yeah. period. <laughs> and he just made us shout it out over and over again. We all had a good laugh and then and then we got on with the lesson and like that's it of course kids you laugh when you're embarrassed and you're embarrassed as a teenager because you're embarrassed about everything as a teenager <laughs> like we just need to get kids to yeah. l- get past the embarrassment and yeah. and and learn so that then later on they're not disadvantaged by by not realizing that their body is totally normal and is doing what it should be doing and is yeah. yeah, cleaning itself—like literally, no other part of our body does that. We have to clean no, everything except for the vagina it is, amazing. It yeah, it is. like
1: it's brilliant. Yeah. It is really amazing. I think it's really interesting, though, to um, to hear, I guess, some of your like success stories or, or people that you know um, have mm. sort of reached out to you and and sort of said the work that you're doing and the impact that it's having. Because I would guess the 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 work I guess, of of exposure uh, that you're doing, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. the discharge or whether it's, um, you know, normalising vulvas. It's really, you know, trying to stem the flow, I guess, of a bit of a, you know, barrage of, you know, vulvas in porn um, and mm-hmm. lots of other mm-hmm. stuff in culture. And I think it's, it's interesting that, it, you know, people have an awakening, I guess, at any, at any age, you know, and, and have these positive reactions is really great. Um, I wanted to ask about, or, or not ask, but, but have you just talked through some of the, the ways, and you kind of have touched on it, that vulvas actually differ. So, I mean, if anyone's kind of listening, mm. um, you know... We're talking about asymmetry, um, colour, hair, um, texture, like multitude. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, it's like people's body size, shape, hair colour, nose shape, the whole thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody's totally different. I don't know why I would expect everyone to have this perfect lineup of symmetrical uh identical genitalia exactly um, exactly <laughs> yeah. it's a weird one
0: yeah yeah it's bonkers it's the one part of the body that we think should be exactly the same as everybody else's and yeah perfectly yeah. symmetrical and yeah and and, it, and it's not and, and, and like you just said that like, literally every part of the vulva can be different from other people so if we start at the top, you've got um, the, clitor- the clitoris and the clitoral hood. So the bit that you see really is the clitoral hood. Um, and often when people draw a vulva, they'll do like a tiny little sort of P at the top, like a little little mm. sort of knob at the top for the clitoris. And and whilst that is the case for, for some people, the clitoris on average is about the third of the length, sorry, the clitoral hood is about a third of the length of the entire vulva. Um, and... That's something that a lot of people don't know or don't see. So mm. you see, when people drawing, it is very much like a tiny circle, and then there's a huge, big, gaping vaginal opening, and then and, and then some labia, and and that's actually really not not the case for the majority of people. Um, so the yeah, so the clitoris can be it can be short or long. It can be quite fat and puffy, or it can be quite um, quite thin and, and and not very prominent. Um, it can also stick out of the outer labia so your your clitoris can be visible um, kind of when you're you if you're not kind of spread open I guess um, mm. yeah then you've got the outer labia which can be um, really quite dark compared to the rest of your skin or the same color or can be quite red and pink um, or can be quite kind of purpley um, it can be quite puffy and fat I guess or it can be very flat um, then you've got the inner labia and the inner labia are the ones that most people are sort of concerned with and these can just be oh there's so much variation so anywhere between kind of one to ten centimeters long is um, is kind of the average um, mm-hmm. and that's not that like one is the average and ten is abnormal like one to ten is average If you have labia that are over 10 centimetres long, that's still not abnormal, it's just a bit rarer. Um, They can be completely different on either side. So you can have one... I've got a picture of one person who's got... um, I don't know, it's maybe like five or six centimetres long on one side and then nothing on the other. Like, that's totally Mm. normal. You can have it wider at the top or the bottom. They can be... Like, 93% of labia are wrinkled or kind of textured and that's pretty normal if you think it's kind of like quite a bit of skin that has to stretch when if if a baby comes out so then the rest of the time it's going to be kind of wrinkled Um, the color can be completely different so um you might have the ends of your labia might be a lot darker than the than the kind of more closer in with your labia they can change... I mean, it can change colour when you're aroused. I don't... Like, if you if you look at a vulva as someone's getting aroused, because very similar to a penis, the blood all rushes to the area and engorges yep. everything. And you can see that. You can see it getting bigger. You can see it getting darker. Um... And then you've got the what's called the vestibule, which is inside the inner labia, and that's where you've got the vaginal opening and the urethra and some different glands in there as well. so the yeah. urethra is often also shown as quite a big hole on on diagrams, and the urethra, actually, if you ever look at it, it's like a it's more like a little a tiny slit, but it's so small that like if you were trying to yeah. look for it and you were trying to look for this big dot that's on a diagram you'd just be thinking yeah. oh my god i don't have one where am i weeing from this doesn't make any sense <laughs> because it's really small um yeah. and it can be anywhere within the vestibule so anywhere inside there and it can even be just inside the vaginal opening as well which is why some people right. do think that they wee out of their vagina but it's just because right. the their urethral opening which is which is where you pee from is, is just inside um yeah. and then the vaginal opening often in diagrams is quite a big gaping hole and on some people it can look like that mine is like that it kind of looks like a like a a black hole almost but on some people it's it's all very kind of closed off together so I get quite personal (laughs) sorry (laughs) on other people it's um it's it's more closed off and on some people you can kind of see where the hymen has been sort of uh torn and some people you can't like the hymen is the same. It's just a very thin stretch of, of, of skin that um, it, it can have different sized holes in or, or no holes at all and um, it, it never goes. So that whole thing about like mm. if you've had sex for the first time, you've kind of like broken and lost this hymen, it doesn't go anywhere. Like it hasn't fallen off. It's just sort of at the sides <laughs> and... Yeah. It it's usually got a gap in that will allow stuff to come in and out anyway. So it doesn't kind of disappear. It's not like a taut drum skin that gets like popped, you know? And if you yeah. do have that, like I think it's like one in ten thousand or hundred thousand people have that, which is like it's called an imperforate hymen, you have to have minor surgery because discharge won't come out, period blood won't come out. Like you often you discover it when you're a teenager because you you get a real pain because you're having periods but it's not got anywhere to go. So like yeah. your hymen is not this this kind of um bit of cling film over the top of your of your vagina <laughs> yeah,
1: that gets broken. It. It's, that's <laughs> a <Yeah>.
0: huge misconception. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah.
1: I knew it was a myth. It is, yeah. Yeah, I knew it was a myth and then your yeah. book confirmed it and I was like um yeah, I, the whole concept of virginity is actually a bit of a myth, isn't it? Like that's an, that's another another it is. story. It didn't, but, yeah, yeah, it not <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It doesn't
0: mean anything. It's a social construct. Yeah, but like, yeah. we haven't got time for yeah. that as well as velvet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the tools and practical help for um, for for people. I mean, I I found actually the the vulva diversity, the galleries and stuff that you've got in in, the pictures in the book, the pictures on your website. I found them really interesting and I, I learned a lot as well, but because I think because Mm. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel, but an initial, there's an initial level of shock, I suppose, um, particularly, you know, as a, as a man, maybe sort of feeling different. There's a, um, there's a sort of unpacking of how I sort of feel about it, but, it's it's not Mm. sexual it's definitely not it definitely doesn't look or feel like porn and it it kind of draws you in it's it's very curious and once you sort of realize that what you're looking at is this kind of amazing diversity it just kind of is like it's actually quite Mm. amazing because I don't really yeah you just don't get that (laughs) anywhere else yeah yeah yeah
0: exactly and I really
1: I really found that interesting but so people should go check that out that's on your website if they've um it is and that's in the the book as well um but like in terms of practical tools and resources and and stuff like that like where what is the the best thing that people should should be doing to sort of get on this this journey and learn learn a bit I guess
0: um, well, I mean, I don't want to brag, but I do feel like my book is probably the best resource out there for yeah. kind of learning about the vulva. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, well there done. are obviously lots of other books and, and thank you. um, and I, so I'm not a doctor, I'm not medically trained. I don't have for any, um, any qualifications in, in, um, vulvas, um, <laughs> It's come through research, it's come through talking to doctors, the book has been um, uh, read, edited and verified by an NHS doctor um, who is fantastic and she is um, at Talks with Dr Sesse on Instagram and and Twitter and stuff and I cannot recommend her more highly, she's just fantastic Um, um, The big thing I want to say is that I, I get so many messages from people with asking me about medical questions and and what I would always say is go and speak to your doctor because I, I mean, like I said, I'm not a doctor. And even if I was no. a doctor, I'm not your doctor. I'm, I'm I'm, on the internet. Like I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't know anything about your, your medical history. Um, doctors are, they, they, they've seen so many vulvas, like especially with smear tests, do, doctors and nurses that do smear tests, they see thousands of them a year and it's always better to go and speak to a doctor and, put your mind at rest than to worry about something and to ask strangers on the internet because I will help as much as I can but with with anything that's va- even slightly medical my advice is always go and speak to a doctor they mm. are it, you might be a bit embarrassed but they won't be they'll have seen this whatever it is they'll have seen it a hundred times before and yeah. um, I think that's the most important thing um, in terms of other... Um, in terms of other places that you could go. Um, I mean, I'm slightly struggling because this is the problem. There isn't very many yeah. places where you can learn about the vulva without it being somebody who's trying to sell you something. Um and like I'm aware I'm trying to sell the book, but I sell it for five pounds because I genuinely want it to be something that's accessible for everybody. Mm. And there's a PDF yeah. that's three pounds. So like it's not for me, it's not about making money. I just want people to know this stuff. Um there are quite a lot of different studies, but unless you know exactly what you're looking for, it can be quite tricky. Um mm. yeah. I mean, on, on Instagram there are there is kind of a big vulva positivity movement or at least in the little bubble that I'm in and there's lots of different people yeah no
1: I think um, I've strayed into the same bubble <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's good it's fun it's a fun bubble to be in yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a fun bubble um, to be in yeah, <laughs> yeah a good one. um I found yeah. some really interesting um guys actually um and they're 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 they're, they're spiel is to watch a lot less porn um and mm. i feel that's a that's that's a, for another podcast again um uh hopefully <laughs> that'll be a really interesting conversation but i think for yeah. for a lot of a lot of people you know there might be some ex- certain expectations um that are sort of set in in porn that are a little yeah. problematic you know certain reaches of the internet i know there's i know there's positive porn there's kind Mm. of you know there's there is better porn out there but there's a lot of shit as well so um
0: there is and and i think with porn i think because i'm i'm in no way anti-porn and yeah and i think porn is is very polarizing people are either like totally love it or totally hate it and um I think I don't think porn is the only reason why we have this idea of a of like a designer vagina or a perfect vulva. I, I think it's also just that all the diagrams we've seen are just very, you know, of very small labia, very yeah. very symmetrical. Um what I think I know we're not having this conversation about porn, but I do just want to say I think with porn we need to teach people porn is not sex porn is not a reality it's like watching a bond film you're you're not james bond you don't have all these gadgets your life is not going to be like this but it's entertaining to watch porn that is not what sex is that's not what it's going to look like that's not what the people are going to look like that's not the sounds people are going to make but it's entertaining to watch and i and I, and i think that's that's what's important is it it's it's let you know people can watch porn that's fine as long as they as long as we're letting people know this is yeah. not reality. This is not sex. This is porn. It's they're two totally yeah. different things.
1: Yeah, I think in both both cases that w- what you've sort of highlighted and what what we by doing this podcast sort of trip over again and again is that is is just huge education gap around sex, yeah. the subject of sex, it. and and you know all that all that entails. Yeah. So whether it's porn, whether it's our own bodies you know from the clitoris to the to the urethra or you know to the hymen to all of these things mm. it's you know discharge the mm. whole thing we need to get better at education but i i also feel like yeah for me personally you know my sex education wasn't great but but doing this work now um it's like education doesn't have to stop you can it's, you can just keep learning you know it doesn't matter yeah. that I'm in my 40s now yeah. um I'm having a great time learning all this yeah. new stuff um maybe it would have been better if I'd learned it when I was in my, a teenage boy but um
0: you know. <laughs> I think the basics yeah. it would be it would have been better if we'd all learned the basics and we felt better about better ourselves be, yeah. we yeah. understood consent more and and we yeah. didn't see sex as something quite quite how we see it but yeah. I think also as an adult, you enjoy learning. I mean, I think some kids do, but like, I, I was all right at school, but I, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I want to learn more. It's like, I just have to, because I'm at school. Whereas now as an adult, it's yeah. like, yeah, I want to learn more about this. This is really interesting. And, and I, I think, yeah. yeah, life is always about learning. So uh, yeah, I think no doesn't matter what age you are, whether you're 15 or 50, like learning about all of this stuff is... It's exciting, And also we're learning more stuff all the time anyway. So like the clitoris um, wasn't like properly mapped out until um, I think it was like 98 or something. And it was only last year that um, they discovered how many nerve endings it really had. Because before that we were using yeah. a study that had been done on a cow clitoris that didn't have any relevance to a human clitoris yeah. at all. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we are just constantly learning new things, which... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the clitoris the, the is just. I mean, it was taken out of Grey's Anatomy. Like, it was just removed because they thought, like, oh, this isn't, this isn't useful information. We don't need to know about this. And it's <laughs> like, that's absolutely bonkers. Like, it's just. It. Yeah. And a lot of it has. It, it's a double-edged sword of like it being from the Victorian era in in Britain of like sex is disgusting. Sex is something that is just sort of between a a, a husband and a wife and and we don't mm. talk about it and it's all very one way of doing it which affects all of us and then there's the other aspect of like of of being a woman of being this kind of dichotomy of either being like the madonna or the whore thing like you're either this sort of saintly lovely mother or you're some sort yeah. of sexy slut that has sex with everybody and then has no morals and but but also women's bodies are seen as as dirty and as kind of like, um we're hysterical and and we've got all these there's all these things that are wrong with us and, and that are that are abnormal and are different from the male and that's seen as bad rather than oh they're different from the male. This is so interesting. It's like, oh it's different from the male. That must mean it's 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 weaker, it's lesser and you know, that does affect everybody too, but it affects women to a much greater extent and I think that's why the vulva has been so Neglected, you know. We we learn a lot more about the penis and the testicles than we do about the vulva still, and it's yeah. a take. It, it is a more complex structure, but it's twenty twenty three. Like we shouldn't be. I don't know. I just, I, I just, yeah. I just think it's bonkers. We shouldn't yeah. still be discovering stuff about it that seems quite basic.
1: So, from all this, like personally, what's the most like rewarding? side of this for you like would you say
0: yeah so the most rewarding side of it is 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 the comments i get from people about how they now feel about their body i i kind of screen grab them all and save them in a little folder so that when i'm feeling a bit low or feeling like oh what am i doing instagram is just like yeah i've gone from like four thousand likes on a post 18 months ago to 150 because instagram is so censoring everything so uh, yeah. The things that keep me going are messages from people who have said things like, "Oh, you know, I, I now feel so comfortable with my vulva that I let my partner go down on me. Whereas before, I wouldn't because I was worried that they wouldn't. They would think it was ugly or dirty. Um, to things like, um, I'm now able to have an orgasm because I'm no longer stressing about what my vulva looks like. Or, or like that woman who yeah, said, yeah. "I've just realised that you know, I'm normal after all these years." Like. They're the things I think. Oh, good! Like this is this is a positive change in the world, and I think education can never be underestimated. I mean, it's yeah, education is just the key to everything. It's the key to understanding mm. ourselves and our lives, and feeling happier and and uh, yeah, being able to have made those sorts of differences in people's lives is incredible and it's so humbling and every time I get one of those messages it sort of makes me think like oh yeah this isn't just me putting an image on Instagram this is actually this is helping make people making people feel happier and I can't think of anything better to spend your life doing than to help make people feel happier
1: absolutely and when you you know think about some of the stuff you mentioned in the book and talked about at the beginning um, was just you know some of the stats some of the sort of heartbreaking stats I guess mm. if if even any of what you're doing is pushing against those then you know yeah. amazing uh, uh, the other interesting thing is for me um, just circling back to my mm. put my dad hat on for a minute um, is mm. is this the education that I'm getting you know through through doing all this you know finding stuff out and stuff like that i can only really see that that's a good thing to um you know Mm. pass on bits of to my daughter um yeah it's a it's a yeah there's a lot isn't there like appropriate age to talk to children about their bodies and yeah. you know yeah. things like that and there's, there's, there's again a whole different podcast probably um, to talk about um, all that but I think yeah. that it has to start with with a, your personal journey before you can you know um, pass that on I yeah. guess. Because yeah, you
0: need to that's... feel comfortable talking about these things and understanding mm. them so that you can then pass on that confidence to your children. When when we're sort of, you know, not using correct terminology, we're, we're teaching our children that the thing is so naughty and embarrassing that we can't even use its real name because we must hide behind <laughs> some sort of nickname for it. Yeah. And and that's quite dangerous. And I, I just think the word vulva has been... It's, it's yeah it's been seen as some sort of dirty word or some or sexualized and actually yeah we can talk about the vulva without talking about sex like the vulva is mm-hmm. there for other things as well as sex just like the yeah. penis we can talk about the penis for other things but for some reason the vulva just doesn't do, doesn't get the same respect i think and and yeah it, it comes as as a parent, I, I mean, I'm not a parent, and I don't plan to be a parent. But I do feel it's a responsibility of a parent to be able to pass on that confidence in your body to mm. your children, and to not be ashamed of any part of your body, whether that's your stomach or your boobs or or your face or or, or your hair or your genitals, and and mm. that's important. That's a really important part of teaching your children, so that when they grow up, they'll be Happier, I, th- I think, and, and I think we we all want our children to be happy and to feel safe and and confident. And I think, you know, if you teach people that their vulva is is theirs and people other people can't touch it or or talk about it without their consent, then that's that's fantastic. At, at the moment, that's not really being taught to to some children, and they're they're, they're being it's being called you know, a cookie or a Nunu or a a mini or or whatever all these, we've come up with hundreds of different words to 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 name the vulva and we've not done the same for penises, we've only got a couple of, you know, penis, dick, cock, willy, that's kind of it and yet I could honestly sit here for five minutes and reel off hundreds of names that we've we've got for the vulva because we're too embarrassed just to use the word vulva and there have been studies that have shown that for for children that use a, a nickname for a vulva sort of like cookie or, or mini or f- foo-foo then they can be more uh, perceptible to or more likely to experience um, like sexual abuse um, when they're young because they don't have the correct terminology so if your daughter came home from school and said oh you know my teacher touched my cookie you'd just be thinking just just eat the cookie or get another cookie like what, I don't know what the problem is yeah, yeah. but if cookie is the name that your daughter has been using for vulva and you've just missed that then that's a huge yeah. like that's huge um, so I just think it's really important and I, I just don't you're just passing on the shame you're just passing on the embarrassment by, by not referring yeah. to it as it is we don't have Another name for an elbow or another name for an eyelid. Why have we got another name for boulders <laughs> that we need to use? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, amazing, we will wrap this up. Um, thank you, yes. heaps, for struggling on with this uh slightly dodgy internet connection. Um, <laughs> but I think I think we've nailed it, it'll be flawless. No one will ever know.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: um, I can't wait to see the editing. I know,
1: yeah. Oh, no. yeah. It's going to be great. Really hope you enjoyed that one. You can check out more of Joe, the Volva Gallery and her book, and more at thisisavolva.com. Before we sign off, we want to remind you to check out our book, available at sexandspace.com forward slash book to download or buy. Don't forget to leave us a like, follow, comment, or review wherever you're tuning in from. Your support means the world to us. Until next time, safe travels and see you on the next episode.